Hello and welcome. Um, this is a bonus episode today. Um, last weekend, I was at the Youpreneur Summit in London, organised by Chris Decker, which was a fantastic event. And we were talking about online business and how we can improve things like our blogs and our podcasts to give even more value to, to you, our listeners and our audience. Um, and while I was there, I chatted to Danny Bauer, who I've met at Podcast Movement in America earlier in the year. And this particular recording I'd done with Danny a couple of months back, and we had a fantastic conversation again at the Youpreneur Summit where we met up in London last week um, and I thought it was the ideal opportunity for you to to hear that conversation now fresh in my mind having spent a weekend with him and talking of fantastic things about education um, and as a head himself and as I said a better leaders better schools podcast he's got some absolutely fantastic ideas and resources which could really help you both as a leader in terms of leading your classroom and leading your school if you are a head teacher um, but also how you can actually go about getting some support um, for projects and things that you'd like to put on in your school so I hope you enjoy this this is a bonus episode and it's with Danny Bauer from Better Leaders Better Schools podcast. Hello and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place where we share creative and inspiring learning in our schools. Bonus episode number 49. Hello and welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast with me, Mark Taylor. Today I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Danny Bauer. Um, he's a fellow podcaster um, of the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast um, and I've been listening to his show um, and I find the whole idea of leadership within schools really interesting because from my experience of going around different schools when I'm doing music in various um situations and different schools and different environments um you can usually tell um what the ethos of the school is and it usually comes from the top and filters down through the staff and and all the people involved in the school so i'm really looking forward to to bring you this sort of bonus episode really because i wanted to i wanted to sort of share some different podcasts that you can listen to so welcome danny Hey, Mark, thanks so much for having me. And, you know, I love being on bonus episodes. This is fun because this is about packing in value and uh, sneaking in some resources that your listeners can really enjoy. So thank you so, so much for having me on the show. It's absolutely my pleasure. And and as you will hear from the accent, Daniel is um, from the US. Um, and um, and so we're going to have a, <laughs> we're, we're going to have an interesting conversation about um, probably the different types of uh, education and, and our sort of slightly different experiences. But I think that the whole sort of ethos idea and, and, and the fundamental ideas of what's important in education are the same across the world. And, um, and so it'll be interesting to see where all these things start to start to tie up and, and, and sort of come together. So, so can you give us a bit of an, a background about yourself then, first of all? Um, where, where do you teach? How do you teach? Um, why leadership in particular for the podcast? And, and we'll, we'll get a bit of a bit of an idea of how that background all comes together. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for asking, Mark. And uh, thanks again for having me on the show. Uh, background wise, uh, I always knew that I wanted to be in education. Uh, when I was in high school, I just so thoroughly enjoyed working with my peers and seeing that metaphorical light bulb moment. And when people make connections and they engage in interesting and, and difficult content, I really I, I felt good about myself helping others. Uh, some of the best experiences I had in school were, you know, in just great classes where the instructor made the made the content come alive. And they did that through creating an awesome environment where we could connect as peers uh, and then just telling 
you know, great stories that uh, a lot of times had some comedy uh, inputted into it and, and just made the content, like I said, come alive. So I went to school to become an educator. I left Illinois uh, and I was sick of the winters, Mark. And so I went as far <laughs> away from snow as I could. And I found myself in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, and I started teaching middle school uh, English and reading. Uh, did that for a few years, and I stayed connected the whole time to my mentor who taught me to be a teacher. Her name was Professor Arlette Willis, and after four years of teaching, I, I called. And, you know, we, we actually uh, stayed in contact throughout my whole teaching career, and I would just ask her questions and give her updates. So after four years, she said, Danny, listen, it sounds like you've been doing a great job in Georgia, but I want you to come back and work on your master's degree. If you do it, I'll pay for it, and you'll get to... Uh, train, you know, some of the in-service or, or pre-service teachers. So I got to work with student teachers. I worked on my uh, master's of curriculum and instruction, and that, that brought me back to Illinois. And then I stuck around because after I finished my master's there in curriculum and instruction, uh, I, I started teaching middle school in the Champaign-Urbana area. So I stayed there for a while, moved up to Chicago, I was teaching, I was an instructional coach, I worked at the district level and worked in I don't know, 25 to 30 something schools, uh, really supporting schools with a very specific program called AVID. And that, that was very much so like non-cognitive skills, like how do you stay organized? Uh, how do you take notes? Um, what does it mean to ask good questions? So really, like, how do you become a learner, a better learner? And that could be transferred across really every, every class. Uh, so after that, um, moved into... Uh, another teaching role that was pseudo teaching, pseudo admin. Um, and then I became an assistant principal uh, and did that for a number of years in Chicago. Uh, and then for some crazy reason, I said, hey, I'm sick of the snow again. And I, I moved down to Houston. I became a principal. And uh, in that time, Mark, um, well, when I was in Chicago, I wanted to have deeper, more authentic conversations about leadership. And the irony is that locally I try to have these leadership dinners. Chicago being the third largest city in the United States, I figured, hey, we got plenty of people around that we could dig into leadership and have these talks. Uh, and I probably had about two of those types of dinners and they were just hard to consistently have. That was very, very frustrating. And at the time I was listening to a lot of podcasts and you know, that's like what we're doing now. We're just having great conversations about education. I thought, well, let me do that for school leadership specifically. So I started Better Leaders, Better Schools and started having conversations with people, you know, with a lot more experience and, and much smarter than me. And I learned a lot. So I, I did that show for myself, for professional development for myself. I asked questions that I was interested in so I could literally become a better leader. Uh, but then, you know, podcasts uh, are pretty popular and, and there's a certain type of person that likes to listen while they're on their morning commute or uh, doing the dishes or folding clothes or on a walk, you know, outside. Who knows? Whatever it is, they like to listen and learn that way. Uh, so I just want to put that free content out there for people. And that's been about a year and a half now. I started in September 2015. And it's turned into a, from a passion project to something I want to pursue full time. That sounds really interesting, and um, I, I, I like the uh, I had a mental p 
picture in my head of you literally on an airplane going from the snow to the sun and backwards and forwards and all those sort of things and, uh, <laughs> and just that whole idea I was just thinking I'm, sorry, I'm sure Chicago gets pretty cold in the winter and uh, and <laughs> so I thought yeah you've obviously sort of that sort of hankering back to what you were escaping from and then backwards again that sort of toing and throwing which is uh, yeah I just had this sort of mental image going on in my head of that sort of you know like you see on some movies you have that sort of they sort of show you a map of the of the US or whatever and they sort of show you the flight yep. paths of each of each one as you go in as you sort of changed your job and actually did different things. So anyway. That's exactly what I was doing, Mark. And now like I, I told you in the pre chat, I'm gonna be flying over the pond and uh joining, you know, your region of the world uh in in you know welcoming the cold weather again and possibly some snow as as we uh you know, move to Belgium. So there we go. Yeah, and and the irony of that today is the fact that it's nearly thirty degrees here in the UK, and it's absolutely baking hot. And um, and my my little recording room is um is a is a loft conversion. So um, it's got fantastic insulation, and it keeps me lovely and toasty in the in the winter. But when it's hot, and I've got all the windows closed, obviously to to keep all the sounds of the kids that are playing outside and all that sort of thing away from the recording, it's absolutely sweltering in here. So, so, oh boy! So this is a labor of love for you. Yeah, exactly. So that that the talking about the snow, I'm quite, I'm quite enjoying. It's just that sort of cooling down effect as, uh, <laughs> as I'm sweltering myself. Anyway, that's uh, by the by, as they say. So um, yeah. so so how 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 long have you actually been a principal? And and um and did the the leadership element is obviously something you've been really interested in all, all through all your educational um professional life but um did, did the did the, that general thought process and, and and that idea help you do you think as you became a principal and, and you were able to sort of call the shots and make the ideas or did you find that once you were actually in that position you were then um suddenly coming up against things you didn't know and, and you were sort of trying to find out the best way of of being a leader for the staff around you you know I, I was always interested in leadership, uh, and, in, and in Chicago, I used to attend this conference called the Global Leadership Summit, and I think that coincided nicely with some leadership roles uh, I was finding myself in within schools, and all of a sudden, I just started thinking about that more deeply. Uh, I had leadership roles prior to Chicago, running you know the ELA department or AVID uh, program, and, and what I saw and what I noticed, right, was that uh, I was able to leverage my skills and my ability to build uh, relationships with people to have a larger impact that was outside of just my classroom. And as a teacher, I loved that part of my professional life. I saw it as an art form, uh, connecting with kids, getting them interested in, in topics and ideas and content that they might not you know necessarily want to engage in normally right and and really just having fun you know i wanted to inspire a love of learning right so sure teaching english teaching grammar teaching reading that was important in that moment but i wanted people and students to be hungry when they left the class to continue that that type of uh, engagement with literature poetry and all that stuff anyway when I moved to Chicago went to the conference really started thinking about how do I how do I maximize my impact and I think too you know as we as we age we start thinking a lot more about legacy as well um, and, and just different opportunities continue to pop up where I was given just a little bit more responsibility and there's you know there's those parables and ideas that you know if you're 
if you are responsible with a little bit, right, you're going to be given more. And, and that's what I found to be true in my life. So I just, I wanted to have more and more impact. I was getting opportunities to do that. And I wanted to be responsible in my stewardship uh, of that very heavy responsibility. So that's, that's really, I think, how I got very interested in that topic. Yeah, and, and I think you're right. You sort of, it's very easy, or I sort of find often the case, you know, you think too far ahead. If I do this, it will lead to this, and it will then lead to this, and then I'll end up mm-hmm. being in this position. And it's actually much more about the day-to-day stuff. And today I'm going to do this, and this is what I need. And then from there, doors open or opportunities arise. And, and, and then you can just follow them on literally step by step. And, and that way, I think you really have a path which develops for you then, don't you, rather than having to try and create one from yourself. Absolutely, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that for sure. Now, here on Education on Fire, the, the, the principle of the podcast is that while we might like the education system to be different um, or, or work in a slightly different way, um, and, and unless we are a politician and we're able to change the curriculum or that sort of thing, um, one of my obviously big passions is the arts and, um, and the arts are sort of being eroded as we speak um, in terms mm. of finance and curriculum and that sort of thing. But the focus of the podcast is to sort of highlight um, things that are going on which are inspiring and creative in schools because there are some amazing things going on despite the sort of the political culture and of the curriculum and things um and what i'm interested in um um, in terms of talking to you as a principal is if if our listeners have come across something from one of our podcasts and think that's a really great idea i'd really like to implement that in my school as a as a principal as a head um what do you find is the best way for a member of your staff to approach you and and talk about something that they might have found which is outside of the school or maybe even something out of your understanding or your experience that might be the best way to then ease that in conversation into well can we try and implement this in my classroom or if, I guess it might be if it's a bigger project you know can we actually implement it into the school what 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 way do you find as the principal works best in terms of getting your attention and opening that conversational door that's a really interesting question, Mark. I'm really, I, I like that you asked that because essentially what I'm hearing you ask is how do you approach uh, a principal ahead of a, a school and get them excited about an idea that you're excited about and you want to lead? That's, right? ex- that's exactly it, yeah. Yeah, and so I'll speak from my you know, perspective. Uh, I'm always looking to innovate and and think about different ways we can serve kids at an even higher level. So if Mark came to me and said, this is something I want to do specifically in the arts, so to to speak, uh, if if you were fired up about it and you were ready to lead that project, I asked myself, well, how do I remove barriers and obstacles so that he can be successful doing this for our kids? Uh, Because if, if you're excited and you can connect the dots for me, like how it's going to benefit students, then I want you to do it. Because as a head of a school, uh, we want to do these things all the time, but we're not sure how we're going to do it. Who's going to lead it, right? And I think a big obstacle for school leaders is not wanting to overburden your staff. At least that's my perspective. And so, you know, if you came to me and said, this is something I'm excited about, that's almost enough. Uh, again, I, th- I want to figure out how do I get rid of barriers and obstacles. I want to know what kind of resources you'll need. So not only does the program need to be compelling or whatever you're trying to do, uh, hopefully you've done your homework and could talk about, you know, to run this program, 
Uh, we actually don't need anything but space and time in a, a place to meet. Or we're going to need uh, instruments or paintbrushes and paint, you know, whatever it is that that you're doing. But it, do we have to buy anything for the, the uh, project? So resources, uh, the cost is something that I'm going to be thinking about as well because Funding, you know, I'm, I'm sure is a struggle for every school, uh, you know, around the globe. Uh, and so if you can answer those type of questions, uh, I think we can make it work. Um, depending on your leader, too, uh, I'd be interested how it aligns with our mission, vision and values. And I think so if you could say, here's how it aligns to where, where we are and where we're going. Uh, this is why it benefits kids. And these are the resources we'll need. That helps me understand very quickly it, you know how difficult it will be t uh, for me to support it and for you to implement but I think 95% to 96% these are totally just subjective percentages <laughs> but the majority of it mark is just you being fired up and excited and that that lets me uh, just think about how do I help you be successful I think that's um that's an amazing piece of insight because the the one thing I took away from that was um, you often have a perception if you've got to sell something, you know, I want to do this and, it, you know, you start to think of all the things which are going to be tricky to do. But what I loved about what I heard there was the fact that you're thinking, well, of course we can do it. If you're fired up and, and you know, and you've got all your homework done and, and you really understand what it's all about, the starting point is, is, yes, of course we can get it done and let's just remove things that are going to make it difficult so we can make it happen as easy as possible. And to me, that just sounds like, you know, you're sort of rising to the top and you're sort of floating and the, the whole thing is already further down the track before you've even started anything, which I really like. That's that's a really exciting way to be because then you sort of feel enthused and, you know, your team's building already, you know, from the idea that's been brought to you, you know, that's already carrying on. And um, and I think that's a really that's a really great philosophy to hear. Um, and I, I guess as well from, you know, a teacher going to a, a principal or, or going to their head and asking about those sorts of things. If if they even if they perceive that that's a, that's the thing to do, they and they they can go and say, look, this is the these are the facts. This is why I'm fired up about it. This is what I've heard. This is where you can find out more things about it as well. Mm -hmm. um, and and also with then thinking about you know taking away some of those barriers at the same time. I think I think you're off to the races really quickly, and and that feels like a not just a supportive thing to do in that particular project, but you then know that there'll be another project or another opportunity that's going to come along yes. because because you've created that environment for that space to happen. Absolutely. And, you know, we, before we started recording, we were talking about, hey, you know, where do you want to take this conversation or you just kind of want to just see where it goes? And I said, I love improv, you know, because uh, I think the best podcast for me and when I record them for my show uh, of course, I have a framework of questions, but a lot of times we we will throw them out, or the conversations will veer over here and over there, uh, because that's just natural, and I think it's exciting, and I think it's interesting for both us, so the content creators, the participants, and the listeners. Uh, but the reason I say that is because as a leader, it's very much like improv in the sense, and I don't know if you're familiar with uh, improv comedy, but there's this idea of yes and. Right. Yeah. And so I, I think that's very, very important, uh, a skill for anybody. It doesn't matter your role, what profession you find yourself in. I mean, this applies in your relationship, you know, with your partner, with your kids, everything. When you say no, things get shut down. You know, when people get hurt, they might take it personally. Um, and of course, sometimes you're going to have to say no. Right. But in the context of what you're saying, a teacher is really excited about starting some program that's going to benefit kids. 
I need to have the disposition of saying yes and like, yes, that's a great idea. And here's what it's going to take to make it happen. Right. Uh, The reason that works in improv is because when you throw out some, you know, just preposterous, crazy idea, when the person goes with it and continues along with that story, it's hilarious for the crowd. But, you know, when when they when somebody says something that's just ridiculous and somebody on stage says no, the joke is over. So a yes and is so, so important. And I think any any type of leader, uh, any just individual in general, uh, it's a great way of going about life. Yeah, and, and that's a really interesting thing. I was um, taking a, a, a music session last week um, and and one of the children put their hand up to answer one of the questions that, that I'd asked. Um, and it wasn't directly answering what I'd asked, but it was kind of in the sphere of where I was heading. And I was able to, rather than just shut 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 the door on, 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 the, on the topic that had come up, I was able to steer it around and, and be able to get my answer that I needed or, or the information to make sure they understood that what it was that we were trying to create. But at the same time, keep their sort of bubble um flying as it, as, yeah. as it were and and just kind of yeah that's re- that's really great i really love that we're going to come back to that in just one second because i'm just going to be able to do this and then you can come back and tell me some more um and, and it did seem to work and I'm, I'm not sure i actually knew specifically that's what i was doing but you you managed right. to describe it in in a, in a really sort of eloquent way that sort of um yes and 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 i think that's a really positive thing to take away actually it's a really interesting thing because it's so it's such an easy thing to remember and a thing to put into practice that you can just do it automatically and um and i think like you say in so many different situations absolutely i mean in, in that situation you you invited the kid in you didn't close the door or pop the bubble like you were talking about and that that kid now feels still connected to you and to the class. Uh, it's interesting. I mean, things could happen so quickly. And in that moment when, when the student said, oh, I think it's like this, and, and if the teacher just says no, you know, that kid might not want to participate the rest of the year. Their, their interest and connection to school in general, like that moment could have changed that kid's life just by saying no. And by inviting them in or saying, you know, that's a really great idea. I like what you did there. That's not necessarily the the direction I was thinking. But here's, you know, uh, by affirming that you keep you keep the connection alive in the classroom. And I think that, at least from my perspective, the relationships, the atmosphere, the climate and culture you build in your class needs to be one of connection, of positivity, uh, compassion, all that. And if, if you're lacking that. Uh, I think you're just missing out on a really great opportunity uh, for for what you know you, you can do for kids. Yeah, I think that's right. And um, in my one of my season one podcasts um, with Andrea, we we talked about um, the power of words and and what that means and and, and how it works and how mm. just, and how your tone and how your general demeanor of all that sort of your complete being can just help and support children um, in in ways that you can never really understand other than the fact that you know it works and being aware of it and mindful of those sorts of things just just yeah. change change those changes the whole environment of everything and and that's the thing those are the things that i like because those things don't cost any money you know like you say there are lots of schools that are, are struggling for for, for it within their budgets and all that sort of thing but so much of what we can do and what we can improve and what we can support 
um, teachers with actually doesn't cost us anything. It's, it's literally just there. It's just the way that we speak. It's the way that we are. It's our understanding of the journey that we're all on as we're learning. Because, you know, as every child, you know, is learning everything every day and growing, certainly as educators, I feel that I come away sometimes having learned more than any of my students in any particular class because you just go, mm. yes, I'm. I really got that. I really understood that, and I've or I've done it in a slightly different way, and that's enabled something to be completely um, transformed and and improved. Mm. And and it wasn't something I was planning on improving. It just did. It just grew and was very organic. And I think being creative in that way and allowing to, to be led by your students, I th- I think is just um, it just opens that door for them to feel like they can be creative as well, and they can find out answers, and they can be enthused to go and look at something and, and follow their follow their pipe dream really whatever that happens to be in whatever part of the education topic that they may be studying at the time yeah that's great so what are you um what is your sort of vision for the podcast um better leaders better schools is it um specifically leaders within education that you often um speak to or is it people um that are leaders generally in other in other fields as well which actually crosses over into education do you sort of um have a sort of a parallel um way of speaking to those people too i think it works for uh any listener at least that's what i've been told uh when i started out it was specifically geared towards school leaders but to be honest mark i think my favorite interviews uh are when i engage with people outside of the education industry um it's neat talking to those folks because I don't necessarily have a lot of understanding of what their day-to-day looks like, but I think leadership principles connect, you know, no matter what situation you find yourself in. And it's a lot of fun just hearing, wow, like that strategy, I never even heard it. And how can we apply, how can we figure out how to apply that to the educational system? Uh, And I think too, you know, just talking to folks that aren't necessarily principals or headmasters or anything like that, uh, just, it, challenge, it challenges me, you know, it keeps me on my toes uh, and, and I end up learning quite a bit. So the, the main topic is leadership in general, uh, but if I am interviewing a school leader, I'll, I'll ask them some very specific questions about education. Otherwise, we kind of just dig into uh, leadership in general, building relationships, uh, building influence and, and having a great impact in whatever organization you find yourself leading. Yeah, and what I really like about the fact that it can be outside of the educational world is the fact that I do find sometimes that the education world can be quite structured and quite fixed, and it's because it's got all that history, and you know people learn in the same way now as they have done for many years, but um, um, in, uh, all the way through history, certainly sort of from the industrial revolution on, you know, that sort of fixed way of learning um, yep. with, with, within the structure, and and I know for a fact from people that I've chatted to that. Um, businesses and the the working world outside of education are crying out for creative people and Mm -hmm. um and they're saying you know we want people not just with great academic results and um and study behind them we want people to find answers for questions that we don't know we even know we're going to ask yet you know and and so they have to work in a certain way they have to like being part of a community they like to be able to take initiative and all of that sort of thing so i think what you're doing in a a really fantastic way with that part of the podcast is the fact that without doing anything too dramatic you're bringing in those principles that businesses and people outside of education are are working on and 
of being successful with and it's automatically being fed into the education system without saying now you need to do it a certain way because it's much more organic like that and uh, sort of that sort of grassroots you know the, the leaders that are listening or the teachers that are listening are thinking oh I hadn't thought of that like you said you know oh, I'll, I'll, I'll apply that and so the education system does start to change and it starts to change for the better and it becomes a little bit more attached to the community in the wider world I think yeah you know and based on what you're saying there i think i think schools are very slow to change and and there's a lot of reasons for that i think one of it one of them you know just the the gigantic size of the bureaucracies they they operate under uh in it's political it's it's uh they tend to be traditional too we're dealing with children so i think people are scared sometimes to innovate and change things even though in the same sentence i'll talk about how schools need to change uh, so they, they're slow to change, and I'm trying to maybe encourage and speed up the ability for schools to innovate uh, by talking to people outside of education and finding out what they're doing. And what, what I'm finding, what I'm seeing uh, through people comments on social media or through email, uh, I think the person that listens is that type of driven, hungry educator, uh, has some type of role within a school and wants to see schools be more adaptive and be more modern. And like you said, help kids figure out how to solve interesting problems uh, because that that's really what they need to be equipped with because the, the world's changing so fast. So it's, it's more about how do we give them mental models and frameworks and how to think uh, as opposed to necessarily you know, understanding everything about geometry or history or whatever. That stuff's important, so I'm not saying it isn't. But it's 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 how do you how do you adapt to life into the uh, ever changing environment that's out there and solving interesting problems? That's where we really need to serve kids. Uh, absolutely, and um, I did an interview in my season two, the um, ICT with Mr. P, who does all manner of education um, through computing and um, and that type of thing. And he was and he was saying exactly the same type. Of, the same thing it's that kind of you know if you're just going to sit down and have to write something then it can be quite disengaging you know all of a sudden it was can can you write a piece for our school blog um and we'll write it about somebody that we know and then through the blog they're actually doing their writing it's very creative they're very enthused because it's suddenly going to yeah. be published uh, and then all of a sudden the, the, the topic they were talking about someone that's read the blog from they didn't know suddenly gets in contact and there's interaction or it might have been about an author or a book that they've read and then the actual mm. author gets in contact and all of a sudden all the dots start to join up and that you, can, mm. you can just tell that the whole atmosphere of that learning process is completely different than now we're going to sit down and do some English <laughs> and um, absolutely and, 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 and it really can be well it, it's that simple when you do it but it you know it, it, it is the it is the ethos of what you're trying to create and the environment that you're creating it in, isn't it? Which is which can that's the bit that you can change. And it, like you say, it's still English in that scenario. It's still curriculum based. It's still giving the kids the the academic side of things they need. It's just changing that perspective into a more creative understanding that we can do the same thing in the same environment but get different results. And that really comes from how enthused everyone is who's involved in the project or the piece of work that you're doing. It's authentic, Mark. You know, it's authentic and, and uh, it, 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 it's a different type of platform. It's public. And what you just said there at the end, too, it's everyone involved. So it's, it's no longer just this student or these group of students working together and, and the teacher. Uh, you're inviting people into a discussion that now is a lot more local, maybe regional, potentially even global, right? 
Uh, and that's that's the world we live in. You know, the, I think the neatest thing, and I forgot to mention this, right? When I started the podcast and operating in the third largest city in the U.S., Chicago, having difficult times having these local dinners, the irony the irony mark of it all is when I went global with the conversation, it was easier to have the conversation. So I'm talking to you, you're in the UK, you're not anywhere near me, right? Absolutely. It's, yeah. it's the morning here, afternoon by you, like what is this, you know? But what an awesome opportunity by leveraging technology and talking about something we care about that we get to do that, you know? I have uh, listeners that are, around the world. Uh, I, I coach some school leaders. I got three masterminds that I run and, and try to develop uh, uh, the leaders there and their leadership uh, capacity and skills. But a number of people from the US, uh, there's Australians in the group, Canadians, uh, there's there's a wait list to get in and there's people uh, on the list from China. Like, this is fantastic. Like, I never imagined that I was gonna be able to build friendships and interact and impact leaders from literally around the world just by starting a podcast. It's it's awesome. And that story you talked about, and they're just you know creating something on the blog. They are now out of the classroom. It's authentic. It's public, and it's inviting a lot of more. Excuse me, it's inviting a lot more people into the conversation. That's exactly right, and it really is. It's 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 the it's the the embracing the technology in that positive way, isn't it? It just like you say, it opens up everything to the whole world, and um, and it's a bit like the great use of social media. Um, you know, being involved in um, whether it's a Facebook group or you know following people on Twitter who've just got some great ideas, and that quick interaction or that quick question just means that you're not constrained to the the four walls of your classroom or the, or the school gate that you've got options and ideas that can come to you from everywhere and the more you immerse yourself in in these conversations and listening to different podcasts and, and following these different people in different social media the more you grow and from there the ideas just spark and 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 i think it's that two-way conversation which which just is an exciting way of knowing that things can change quite quickly and, and we can we can adapt even quicker couldn't agree more that's well said so can you, just as we sort of start to wind up, as well as is the podcast, and you said you've got some mastermind stuff, what, what else do you have on your website? What other things can we, uh, can I tell some of the listeners, or you can tell the listeners about that, that can give them some support and some extra value? Yeah, so, you know, the podcast comes out weekly, and that's, of course, free. Uh, you can get that at betterleadersbetterschools.com or, you know, your, your favorite podcast distributor, whether that's iTunes or Google Play, whatever you listen to. Uh, so that's there. Uh, I have the blueprint for school success, uh, and, and that's a free download, uh, so you could get that off the website. I have something, um, you know, you talked about the power of words. So I have a free download, too, called the 15 Phrases of Effective School Leaders. Uh, if you find yourself in a leadership role within the school uh, formally as a, as a principal or a head, uh, that'll benefit you. If you are leading your classroom, it's going to benefit you as well, because it's just about talking people, you know. And, and how do you build strong relationships? So some of the phrases you might not have ever heard, uh, some are probably pretty common sense, uh, but they're helpful reminders. I've had people write to me and say, you know what, I, I downloaded that and I taped it up to my bathroom mirror. Or I had another uh, principal from Australia and Clayton told me how he led a professional development session with all his assistant principal and instructional coach team uh, talking about why those phrases are important, how often do you use them, 
And if you don't use them, why not? You know, so it, it started a great discussion with those guys. Uh, something new that I've done and, and you just have to check out the site. You know, I, I welcome people to join uh, the newsletter. I'll let people know when there's different uh, workshops that I'm doing. So I've I've done something called a leadership sprint. Very cool. It's it's uh, on the application slack and over two and a half hours. I release, I think, 10 to 12 videos that are about three minutes in, in length, and everybody has their own specific room. So they watch the video and then they discuss. But Mark, it happens so fast, it's a sprint. So within 15 minutes, there's a new video, a new video, and that happens over two and a half hours. And, and you think uh, about uh, leadership, and you don't have too much time to think so that you second guess yourself and you have this discussion. So that's a lot of fun. And a new course that I just started uh, with some people, it's a six-week course. I call it uh, Goal Crushers. But I, I have this secret system, Mark, that uh, is how to get more done in three months than most people do in an entire year. And I'm doing this for the first time as we're recording. And we're entering week six right now. And people are just getting so much uh, value from that. And, and, and it's, it's honestly, it's changing their lives. It's really cool to see folks grow. Uh, through that content. So as a content creator, you know, I'm constantly reading and listening and watching videos. And so really, I, I combined all the best stuff that I've learned about productivity, things that I've tested on myself, uh, and, and folks get some, you know, resources and templates to work through. And, uh, you know, in, in that specific course, it helps them be much more productive. So that'd be useful for uh, any type of person that, you know, that wants to get, get more done. So that's a, a lot of the stuff they can find there for free. But I think just by starting to listen to the podcast and getting on the newsletter, you know, I'll keep you updated on, on everything that's going on. That's fantastic. I mean, there's, there's so many great things there, which are going to be supportive for any, any of our listeners. And, and, and as you say, it's better schools, um, sorry, better leaders, better schools.com. And, um, and that's, that's the place to go. And from there, you've got access to everything. So, um, yep. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for your time today. It's been really interesting chatting to you. Um, and, um, I hope you will wish you well with your, your move across to Europe. Um, and, um, and it sounds like it'll be a, an exciting change of life. So I, I guess the, the great thing is, as we were talking about technology before, is that um, from a content point of view and a podcasting point of view, apart from the place that you plug your computer into, nothing else really changes. <laughs> yeah, that's great. You know, I'm ready to start my European adventure and uh, connect with my brothers and sisters over there. This is going to be fantastic. Thanks again for having me on the show. Thanks for listening to the Education on Fire podcast. For more information of each episode and to get in touch, go to educationonfire.com. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.